The episode you're about to hear is with Brian Kimson. Brian's a brilliant guy. He shares a ton of deep wisdom in this conversation. We go deep. Hope you're ready. Hope we've got your brain belt buckled in. And I appreciate you dropping in to listen. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm here today with Brian Kimson. How are you? Doing well, brother. Thanks for having me on. Super excited. Yes, you're a legend. So I'm, I'm really stoked to see where this conversation goes, what unfolds and, and, and what topics we cover. Um, there's a million different directions that we could go, things that, things that we could, could touch on and, and talk about. And I'm excited to see exactly how this thing unfolds. I never really know once, once, we, once we start. Step right into it then. So the first question that is, is coming to mind, as I was swimming in the ocean today, I, I asked the ocean for, for topics of conversation to see what would be an interesting way to go. And, and the topic that was coming to mind was travel. I'm not sure, not sure why. Are you a well-traveled man? Have you explored the world or is it something that is yet to be, yet to be determined or you like to be more sort of rooted and, and present in the, in the location that you're currently at? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely on the docket. Um, I, there's a lot of the planet that I, I want to explore and, you know, having seen it, you know, plastered all over social media for the last few years and like almost, um, just glorifying this like nomadic lifestyle in my mind, I definitely want to go, go travel, um, and, and just spend months abroad. And, you know, I, I haven't ever lived outside of the U S um, I've been to Peru, Mexico, um, and that honestly, I think those are those are the only two countries that I've I've really traveled to. And I mean, Mexico's, you know, it's, it's easy. Like that's I, I pretty much only consider like you know how much I've traveled outside of the countries like Peru, and that was like a two week adventure with a bunch of buddies. We did the whole thing, um, Cusco, um, Machu Picchu, Lima. That was that was amazing. But there is still so much of this earth that I have yet to see and plan on seeing. What was Machu Picchu like? Dude. Ink I it's it's hard to describe. Um it's it's really mind blowing because you you hike up the side of this mountain, it's like a vertical path, and you you get up to the top and it, there's just this city on a, a ridge line on this mountaintop that is in this like valley surrounded by other mountains. I was lucky enough to, um, to have bought, brought my drone with me to get some like aerial photos and like aerial videos of it. And just it's, I mean, it really is a wonder of, of the world. And I feel very like grateful and blessed to have been able to experience that, especially with um, a couple of my brothers who are like Peruvian. So it was really, really awesome to experience that with them um, as they were also seeing it for the first time. Um, so that was, I mean, I, I can't recommend going there enough. The Peruvian, the culture, the food, the people um, that, that we met in, in Cusco and, and Lima is just such an incredible experience. The, we got to Cusco on like a day that they were doing like this massive festival and it was go like the parade was happening like right outside our hostel. So like we got to experience all of that, take photos with everybody that was in the parade. Like they stopped the parade to like take a break and everybody was like drinking and dancing and like having a great time. So that was like, it was really, really cool to, to see that. Have you ever been to Peru? 
I've never been outside of America. I gotta get. I gotta get to some. Get to some countries. I gotta. I gotta get out of In here. In due time. What's uh? What's like top of your of your list? Peru is up there. Peru, Japan, um, Scandinavia. Those are those are three places that I'm really interested in. They're all in kind of different parts of the world, but for whatever reason, those would be my top three. Mm, yeah, Japan is is definitely up there for me. The culture of Japan, um, architecture, too, food. Yeah, just it, it. Japan is one of those places that calls to me, along with like Bali, Morocco, um, Spain, Italy, Greece. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot of places that call to me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, very, very few have been traveled to um, yet. But in time, in time, I think one of the, the reasons that you know, I'm, I'm somebody who you know, looks at everything life gives us is perfect, right? Just perfect for us and our development of character, our development of spirit and soul. Um, and I think that, you know, when the time comes to like trek across the globe for me, I think I'm going to be in a place that uh, it's just going to be a very powerful um, experience. Um, whereas I might, where I'm at right now, um, you know, head down deep in, deep in work and, and, and other things, you know, I might not be able to appreciate um, things as much as I as I would you know, later later on. Absolutely, there's got to be right time for that that sort of thing. And really, not everyone is blessed with that opportunity. Only a small fraction of of the human beings on this planet have even been in an airplane, let alone gone to another country so th just the fact that we can even consider such a thing it, ma it makes me feel like it, it's really crazy to see the, the spectrum of hu the human experience we think about like because we're, we're in the trenches we're in the weeds of it every day we're in california uh you know it's it's like life is pretty good you know it's like we all have our challenges and our struggles and we're pushing ourselves to our to our limit so it can feel like we hit a breaking point and it feels like life is hard and challenging but it's really amazing to think about there's another human being on another side of the planet who's just like struggling to get clean water and their most prized possession is a pair of scissors. And it's, it's just wild how the deck is dealt and the cards are, are played, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And that's a good point too, man. Just like really puts things into perspective as far as like, just like the level of gratitude that, you know, it's possible to live with, especially like where we're at, right? Like LA and San Diego, right? Like life's pretty fucking good, right? So like having that perspective that like, yeah. And, and I'd love to think about that too. Just like, yeah, there are people that haven't ever, ever even been on an airplane or people who have to trek miles to get clean water, right? And yeah, I mean, you see that when you, you, you know, you see videos or hear of experiences that people have, have had like, um, I want to say my, my girlfriend went on like a mission trip to, uh, I believe it was Congo and just like the, the joy that, that like communities have and people have in like these, uh, parts of the world. I don't even want to say less fortunate because here in the U S you know, like you said, we're in the trenches, right? Like life can't, you know, if you get into a place where like life looks pretty bleak, like you really, you've probably lost connection with your blessings, right? And I feel like, you know, in other parts of the world, third world countries where people don't have as much, you know, like material goods or access to 
um, the, I guess, finer things in life or ease of access, they're not weighed down by, by all of this, like, oh, I have to get here and do these things and have all of this to feel good. And it's just like, people are just happy. People are like, just, you know, communities can come together very easily and like joy can be felt in, in that experience. Yeah, I'm sure you saw some of that in South America and in Peru as well, where the people there are so much happier. They're just much more in touch with the foundations of joy and, and human ecstasy and just ways that we can kind of tap in to this enjoyment of life without needing to visit all these other different countries and have a supercar or an amazing sort of job title to indicate our status to then feel happy for a moment before you look at the next mountain that you want to climb. It's like, it's, it's kind of, ins it's so insane. Insane is the word for it. If we look at America, really that what we call the first world from a one an evolutionary perspective and two from a global perspective and three from like a quality of life perspective, it's like, what the fuck are we doing with all this with all this that we've been blessed with we're just using it to just try and grind more out of the mill and it's really insane I, I, and sometimes i wonder one how did we get here two does that even matter how, how do we get back to you know how do we restore and, and how do i contribute to that as, as someone who's digging for answers finding some stuff and, and sharing it out and then just feeling sort of frantic looking around me and seeing all these leaks in the dam and just kind of like plugging it up with my fingers and thinking, wow, you know what the, what this dam is going to burst. And <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about that word salad that I just tossed out there? Does that, did that land? Oh, totally, man. And so much comes up for me in that because like something that I, that has been like a theme of, you know, the last few months for me has just really been diving deeper into the ego and the mind and thoughts and how the stories that we tell ourselves and the beliefs that we hold, um, you know, really, you know, and subconsciously like these beliefs we, that we don't even know are leading and guiding our lives and our action really manifest out in the world in collective ways. And I think we're experiencing that as a collective, right? This, these subconscious energies that are going on that have been handed down generation after generation. And like you were saying, we're going, 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 we have to, you know, get the supercar and, 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 you know, have the house and, and all of these things. It's like, what for, like, what for, what is underneath that, that is driving us to be so dissatisfied with the present moment, which I believe inherently is perfect because nature does not make mistakes and we are part of nature. We are part of an integral part of life. So how can anything that, and this is me, you know, talking about this out loud while I'm still battling with it internally and like, I want more, I want more. I'm not doing enough. I'm not working hard enough. You know, all of these things that we battle within, you know, um, in our society today. So, I mean, that, that, the word salad that you just, you just spit out like that, that hits super close to home because I think it's a very important, um, it, it's very important to have awareness in our own lives around like what's driving us to make the decisions that we're, that we're making and what is driving us to want the things that we want. Like, why do you want the six bedroom house on, you know, 
four acres of land and like what makes you want to you know travel the world and not be in one place for too long and like what makes you you know eat super unhealthy food and binge drink every weekend with your friends and call that living so definitely hits i know you've come from a place where you were drinking binge drinking a lot with your friends and and maybe driven by something else. And now you're, you're in a place where you, you've made progress along the journey of realigning what drives you um, in, in a deep and profound way. How would you describe that shift that, that you made over the past few years, maybe the past, you know, long moment where, where you're able to realign your energies towards, towards a more powerful place? Yeah, man. I think like just, just to give a little like background and perspective, like from the ages of like 18 to 23 or 24 I'm 27 now I'll be 28 soon like binge drinking and smoking weed compulsively vaping you know all of that type of stuff that I just look at as numbing mechanisms right just quick hits of dopamine something to do right almost like a fidget spinner to distract you from what's actually going on inside of you and and just um, avoidance mechanisms, man, I spent years, um, just, you know, almost every time that I was drinking, I would, I would black out like pretty, pretty consistently. Like it was a routine thing. And, you know, a major shift for me happened, um, was when I was living in LA is probably 2018. So about four years ago was working like 70 hour weeks at this company. There was a moment working there where, you know, I kind of took stock of what was going on. And I asked myself, how did I get in? What brought me into this position that I'm in where I feel like I'm undervalued, my time is being disrespected, my energy is being taken advantage of. And, you know, I was feeling a lot of resent, a lot of resentment. And there was this key moment and I had started meditating and, and journaling and really, you know, adding structure to my days because like, you know, you're working 70 hours a week at some place, like you want to make, you know, time for yourself, right? And and health, it's really started to become more of an important thing in my life, something that was, you know, gaining more and more intention in my life. And there was a moment where I flipped this I flipped the mirror back on myself where I was projecting this, these ill feelings, right. Of, of resentment at my employer and, you know, making it their fault, right? Like they put this in, in, they put me in this position. It was just a classic victim scenario. Right. And I flipped that back on myself. I was like, what if, this is my doing. Like, what if I took responsibility for what's happening inside of me, right? Because it's not like nothing, like they were totally unaware of what was going on inside of me. It was a me thing. And there was that moment where I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is my doing. Like, what I'm feeling is my responsibility. And it really hit me that like, I was the one that put myself in that position. I was the one that was not communicating my needs and how I was feeling. It was my doing signing that contract and, and signing myself up for something that I didn't know everything about. 
And then in that, there was this super, super powerful breakthrough moment where I realized that in allowing myself to be disrespected in the way that I was, I realized that I didn't actually respect myself, which was a major, you know, turning point in, in my life because looking a little bit deeper at that, I asked myself, okay, well, if I'm not, if I don't respect myself, do I actually love myself? Like is, is love for myself and who I am actually present in my life? You know, you can give yourself lip service. It's really easy to just say, yeah, I love myself and not actually feel it. And that was something that I hadn't really paid attention to in the past. And that question and that situation allowed me to, one, take responsibility for my situation and then look a little bit deeper and say, oh, I did this because I like, I value myself very little and the worth that I place on my, on my time, my energy, my life is very, very minimal for, for whatever reason, you know, whatever, you know, situations, experiences I went through that programmed that into me. And so I, I was allowing these situations to come into my life because I was like an energetic match for those situations because I was in um, energetic alignment with that level of, of resonance of like disrespect for myself. Cool. I'll just invite situations and experiences into my life that, you know, um, mirror that to me, like, you know, binge drinking a ton, feeling like shit, eating like shit, um, being at that job. And from that, I was really able to start to bring more awareness to areas of my life where that was like reflected outward and where my reality mirrored that disrespect or um, lack of worth that I felt within, which allowed me to start making changes, like consciously making changes by being aware of those things. And I, you know, soon after that um, realization, you know, that maybe two, three, four months, um, I actually left that job and, and started um, like freelancing, just doing contract work and stuff like that and, and getting uh, more into the coaching world and, and, uh, got a health coaching certification and you know things started to change as soon as I realized that and started to make shifts so that was that was a really really powerful moment oh beautiful self-love finding that connection within and, and learning how it manifested to deliver the situations all around you that weren't conducive to living a good life was there some sort of catalyst that ignited the path to self-love? Was there a book you read or a conversation you had or maybe an experience that you went through? How, how did that spark turn into such a flame? You know, if I had to put a finger on something that was majorly transformational for me in that, that time period was, it would probably be just meditation. Like meditation and you know, in its essence, this, like how I look at meditation, it's just like it's an opportunity for us to weaken the connection that we have to our mind, which is the ego, which is the um, illusory, like fake identity that we've created, basically, that doesn't actually exist. It's just up here in our mind. It's not based in reality. It's not true. 
And meditation is an opportunity to disconnect from that. And in disconnecting from that, you are able to strengthen your connection to what's real, to what's true, like the truth of, of your being and who and what you are. And like meditation was a big, big catalyst for me at that time. Like I said, like, you know, working, you know, super long hours, commuting multiple hours, both ways from the office that I worked at in Van Nuys from downtown LA. Um, you know, like my time outside of work was limited. So I was like, okay, I have to like, I got to maximize this. I have to optimize myself. So I started like not obviously not going out and partying at clubs on Wednesday, Thursday nights and like started to, um, you know, actually have like a consistent sleep schedule and wake up at like 5am so I could get in like a little bit of reading and a little bit of meditation before work. And, you know, it took time. Like it didn't, like, I wasn't just like, boom, like I'm like meditating and everything's Gucci. Like I'm feeling good sit for 20 minutes at a time. No, like I was meditating for like three to five minutes at a time for like weeks on end because like my mind was just going nuts. Like as most people who just start meditating for the first time, will find. And that's one of the reasons why most people just like quit and say like, yeah, this isn't for me. Like, I don't need it. No, like your mind, your ego is going to do literally everything that it can. It's going to throw the kitchen sink at you to get you to get up, to get you to get up and go do things and, and not pay attention to what's going on internally, because that means like it's the death of, of your ego and this identity that you have. So meditation was really, really big for me um, during that time. And a book specifically that I, I read while, you know, beginning my meditation journey um, was The Untethered Soul by Michael, Michael Singer. And that's, you know, that's my number one recommended book to people. That is the book that I've bought the most and gifted the most to people. Highly recommend everybody read that book because there's just a lot of, uh, just timeless wisdom in there um, that digestibly explains the relationship that we have to our mind, to our thoughts, to ego, to, you know, the truth of um, reality. And that really, really helped. Like it was like a, you know, a companion for me at the time um, while diving into my meditation journey, because like it really helped me to understand what was going on internally and like how to uh, it put words to a lot of things that I think many people experience but are kind of confused by uh, or don't know how to explain when they're you know just starting to meditate and explore you know these concepts of like observation and equanimity and non-judgment and acceptance and um, so that was that was a really really powerful powerful book I, I yeah, meditation and, and that book, The Untethered Soul, were very, very powerful for me during that time. Have you ever read it? Absolutely. It's a very, very powerful book, as is his sequels, um, the other book that he wrote. The Surrender Experiment. Yes, The Surrender Experiment. Another great meditation book is Catching the Big Fish. Mm. Have you read that one? No, no. That's a great one. It's like very short. It's less technical, um, written by... A, a movie guy. A, um, I'll, I'll put it in the the show notes. I'm blanking on the the author, but he's a very successful director. And just writes about the power of meditation and and catching the big fish is a nod to big ideas. Yeah. Where if if you are only spending your time in shallow mind, just like shallow waters, you're only going to get little fish. But if you want the big fish, if you want the impactful ideas, 
you've got to go into the deep waters and that's done by sitting, by calming down, by removing the external influences and diving deep into the subconscious where the big fish are, where the big ideas are. And that's how we're able to access these sort of deeper energies and these bigger ideas for change and, and for transformation. Yeah. And that idea of just like shallow thought, right? Like th the mind is inherently like shallow, just like looking at like what's on the surface, like what's what's going on in the environment that I can keep us safe from, right? And be in control um, to, to keep us safe from. And like getting past that to this place of like inner stillness where that like just compulsive need to like think and do and, and you know, latch on to all of these things. Um, it's where a lot of magic can happen and like where a lot of like peace and, and truth can be, can be reached. It really is. Um, otherwise, we kind of just get pulled along by our impulses, which are just kind of triggered to cheap dopamine, like you had, you had mentioned before. And that's such a dangerous place to be in today's world where so many big, massive entities, big businesses have leveraged and weaponized our dopamine systems against us. And whether that be junk food or junk social media or Whole, whole lot of things really that's a deep dark road to go down when, once you get hooked and you can end up really in the in the depths of despair and we talked a little bit earlier about the spectrum of human experience how you can be joyously barefoot on a dirt road kicking a soccer ball with your friends versus miserable in a mansion flying all over the world and that sort of spectrum of the human experience is also sort of present in our own minds where we could be living in a way that produces this is like kind of this voice in our head that's like I almost feel like is like this dark sort of dilapidated version of me that's always like kind of chattering and telling me that I'm like <laughs> worthless or like that everything sucks or that like I'm doing it wrong and then I'm you know it's just like constantly berating me and I think a lot of people turn to antidepressants to kind of like just turn that down or alcohol or all sorts of you know sort of big bombs to just nuke that thing out of there when there's another alternative that that you've explored and, and are on the progress of mastering where you can use lifestyle practices to to not just turn down the noise on that negative chatter but also turn up a different noise which is sort of a more guiding light presence presence is one hell of a drug i tell you it's the most powerful antidepressant you'll ever you'll ever take <laughs> and like i mean man that's you know, we live in a society where, you know, the cheap fixes, the easy fixes, right, are are glorified and sought after, you know, the, the I want the easiest way to lose weight, right? Nobody wants the, you know, the actual, you know, fixes that are going to require them to change who they are, right? And, you know, that, that antidepressant of, just sitting and being with yourself and paying attention to what's going on inside of you is dang, it's uncomfortable. It's super uncomfortable. And that's why so many of us are just like, numb it out, tune it out. Let me on to the next thing. Let me go, you know, work for 23 hours straight. Let me go work out for two hours straight, three hours straight, you know, go binge drink, go find somebody to have sex with. It's just, they're all numbing mechanisms because there's stuff going on inside of us that is so uncomfortable and so not glorified, right? 
and not as glorified as like being okay and being positive all the time, right? And having every, having your life all put together and figured out. But that's like, that's the real work. That's the important work that people need to do is like, just slow down, slow down, sit down, pay attention to your thinking and your thoughts and like work to get to a place of not judging them. Right. And that's something that I've really been focused on the last few months, like intensely, just not making what's happening inside of me and what's trying to come up and out and being and be worked through, not making it a problem, not judging it as good or bad and not making it inconvenient. So I feel like that's something that a lot of men are really good at doing is making emotions inconvenient. Right, especially in like intimate partnerships. It's like, oh, this is bad. We gotta fix this. We gotta fix this shit right now. Oh, you're upset? Okay, what like what's the fit? What's the solution to this problem? And we do that with ourselves as well. And that's the manifestation of it in relationship with another. Right? Like it's very we find it very difficult to have empathy for other people and and uh, understand where they're at in their experience and what they're going through because we're not allowing ourselves to you know have that experience without judging it as good or bad right and needing a fix like oh like i uh you know i'm feeling feeling bad about myself let me go drink and have like fun quotes fun with my friends until 2 a.m and then wake up and feel like shit and then like that cycle perpetuates instead of paying attention to oh like i actually don't uh, there's a part of me that doesn't like myself and I need to sit with that as uncomfortable as it is and just let that be seen and let that be known. And as, as we, you know, look at that and become aware of that, it loses grip over us. Like in that, in, you know, in that example of like, oh, I don't like myself. Like that's a subconscious belief, right? And the only way that that's going to work itself up and out of you and stop controlling your actions is if you look at it and sit with it and be with it. And that's something that, you know, so many people just don't, don't want to do. It's so much easier to, you know, do drugs, take antidepressants, knock on pharma's door, like, hey, like, do you have some some sugar or like a quick fix for this deep feeling of dis-ease or uneasiness that I feel 24-7? It couldn't possibly be, you know, as easy as, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's work. Society has programmed this into us since the second we're born. Right. But the, the work is to sit down and, and like be with yourself and get to a place of acceptance of yourself rather than taking pharmaceuticals. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? It's wild. It's wild to me because this isn't something that other animals have to deal with, right? They're just kind of being themselves. And then we, as humans, we're sort of blessed with this gift and the curse of, of a neocortex where we've got to kind of consider the past and the future and then sort of make sense of all this craziness that's going on in our triune brain, just trying to like, <laughs> and then there's all these like ideas, these like deep rooted ideas that stem from thousands of years ago where this guy was just like, hold up, what if we just sit here and do nothing? Let's just, let's just be. And then boom, you've got like this thing called meditation, which has echoed through the ages. 
and and it's spawned entire religions and who knows how many genius brilliant ideas and enlightened sages all through the very simple act of 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 sitting and and just being doing nothing and it's you say that it's it's work and i i have such an aversion to that word and i agree with you it does it does require energy and effort but it's one one thing that I, I've I've really been experimenting with, and I'm I'm curious if you do this as well, is like reaffirming. There, there's such a there's such an emphasis on the concept of work in our culture, where like everything needs to be work. But like, what if it was more play? What if because I I've been experimenting with with meditation, and I don't often sit in stillness, but I often move in stillness, which is somewhat contradictory. But I find that it's a very playful way for me to achieve a very similar state. It's not the same sort of vibe as meditation but it's similar it's a way for me to get out of my thought 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 structure and into this flow this this life force that raw creative expression of the universe that we all hold within us that we're just each this little fractal shard of this whatever the big bang was unfolding you know this universal godhead that we have within us and and able to just get in touch with that it, meditation is such a powerful way to do that and just I also think there's other ways like just being playful, dancing, um, you know, laughing, just listening to like the laughter of a baby, just being present with, with, with all that is beautiful and all that is love and connecting with that love. I find it easier to sort of bring that into my own heart and, and apply it to the man in the mirror as opposed to constantly being destructive, self-destructive and, and depressed. And that's been a big part of my journey is, has been looking at things more playfully, just more joyfully and, and trying to enjoy the process as, as well as, as putting in hard work too, like you mentioned. Yeah. I, I love that you, you brought up the, the concept and construct of, of work and like your relationship to it. Like you have this aversion to, to the word work um, or the concept of, of work and like what I've been just toying around with this in my mind for, months now and I think I just tweeted something about it uh, just about like you know we decide what our relationship to these ideas are it's nothing work is nothing more than an idea and you know we get to decide what our relationship uh, and thereby our approach to it is how we view it right and it's the same with you know concepts like love um, time money Know, all of these big things that we kind of structure our society around. Like you said, I, you know, I've been playing around with, you know, shifting what work means to me, right? Because, you know, when I was in that dark, like lost place, right? Like right around like 2017, 2018, like I was like deep in, in depression and, and anxiety and just so caught up in my head. And, you know, I viewed work as like this thing that I, always had to be doing 24 seven couldn't enjoy myself outside of like going and binge drinking right like couldn't go spend time with my friends couldn't go out in nature like I had to be on my computer 24 seven trying to figure this shit out right so I could make a living so I could be successful right and that's another concept success like what is that what does that mean to you individually uh, but I think like now more than ever you know with the you know, advent of technology and just the expansion of it, just this exponential growth and use of technology um, in our lives, we really get to look at what like work means to us and reflect on 
on that and really start to reframe our relationship to it, which is what I've been doing and really looking at, at it as, you know, opportunity to create. And I think like something I've been just, just journaling about is just like, what if I, what if I switch the word work to create? Like in my vocabulary, but what if I just like stopped using, using work and obviously like I used, used work here, but like, you know, what, what am I, what can I bring into the world? What am I, you know, spending my, my energy, my attention on expanding in the world and, and looking at it, looking at it like that rather than, you know, this, what I, you know, my perspective on work was, you know, had to be working all the time. If I wasn't working, then I'm not valuable. I'm worthless. Like I'm behind, I'm falling behind because everybody else is getting ahead because they're working harder, smarter, faster than me. Yeah. So I think that's very interesting that you brought that up. <laughs> it's just been flying around in my, in my head a lot, <laughs> this idea of work. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one where we do find a lot of self-worth, self-worth and, and, and value, at least from a traditional sense, like the dollars that we earn from our time, from being a cog in the machine and, and putting in, putting in the work and even in school, it just, it just seems as like this thing where we're putting in effort and not getting much out of it. Like there's no real flourishing that comes from work, maybe a lot of hard work over time, but where's the love in that equation? Like no one's very few, very few people are thinking, well, I'm going to work and I'm going to receive love out of it. Like it's for me, at least it's kind of the opposite where we get love from like, just being free and, and being playful and exploring and, and adventuring. And when, when you think about the word love, what, what comes to mind now that you've gone through this process of cultivating self-love and, and tapping into it, what's your relationship like with that word? Well, I mean, it's very, very personal for sure. I think, you know, love is something that I always viewed as external of, of myself. Um, and now I view it as just like very much integral to who, who I am and like, on, like the birthright of every, every human on this planet. It's a state of being and a state of existing and, and um, it's a, an, a source of energy or a, like an energetic way of being out in the world. I, I look at love as you know, having a lot of different characteristics or traits to it that one can like look at their life and be like, oh, like there's, there's love in my life through like the openness that I bring to, you know, the world or the positivity that I bring to the world or the compassion that I bring to the room that I enter. So love is a, you know, that's a really, I mean, and I would recommend like everybody you know, just like sit down with a piece of pen and, and paper or a piece of paper and a pen. And it'd be very hard to write with a piece of a pen. <laughs> but just sit down with yourself and ask yourself, what is my relationship to to these things? Such as, I mean, a great one to start with is love because it really resonates from within you. And it's something that you have access to at any moment, at any moment. And the only reason that there is love not present at any given moment is because there are things external from you that, that have conditioned you to think that it's 
only obtainable if you do this thing or if you act this way or if you say the right things to somebody else and then somebody's going to give you love, right? That's what, that's, I mean, dude, that's, you know, one of my major gripes <laughs> with the way society has been set up. It's like, you know, at all, all marketing, all advertising is like, yo, you like, you have this car and then like your family will love you or like, you'll be worth something or, you know, wear these clothes, wear this lipstick. You know, it's just very, you know, it's geared towards making us feel like we're not enough. What we really want, you know, from a, a very young age, we are just seeking love, safety, approval, acceptance. And that's what we, that's, that's all we want. Right. And, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, whether it's from our parents programming or just society programming in general, like we learn that we can't have it unless we do X, Y, or Z. And nobody ever tells us that, you know, like, nobody ever told me love comes from within you and you have access to it at any given moment. It is your birthright. That is your birthright state of being. So that's, that's really how I view it now. And I mean, you know, I'm still doing my work. I'm still doing my, my creative work, my play, right. Of just being to get back to that natural innate state that we were born with. I mean, think about it just really quick. Like you come into this world and you are completely untouched, unadulterated by society. Like you are just this pure ball of, of energy, of potential, right of just like pure beingness and you know at your core just like love like this high frequency this high vibration being that's just totally untouched and un untainted and then time goes on our parents programming gets projected onto us society's programming all of this stuff that gets just baked into our subconscious about how we need to be and exist in the world right and all that shit just cakes onto this pure infinite unlimited being and then, you know, our work, our play, the things that we get to, that we get to do is uncover that and dissolve all of this subconscious programming, all of these limiting beliefs that take us away and shroud the truth of who and what we are, which is just pure, infinite, unlimited love. And like, how amazing would it be if more people were focused on the that that play right that activity of of getting to the the root of who you are right and then bringing that to the world existing from that place of love comes with it from within me i don't need to do anything right i don't have to seek for approval i don't have to you know do all of these things that society tells me i need to do to get love what a beautiful place that would be dare i say heaven on earth well said yeah that's that's beautiful the infinite love that we're all born with and, and you see it in a baby's eyes you hear it in a baby's laugh they're just this pure raw love that's just exuding out of every cell and they're just sitting there subsisting on breast milk just giggling at every every little thing and we all we all still have that little goober inside of us we can draw it out and practice becoming one with it, you know, just by using that access we have to love, to source. And it, it is interesting too, thinking about that word. Some, some other cultures have different styles of love, like 
like love you as a friend. It's not the same love that I feel towards my my girlfriend or the same love that I feel towards this hamburger, right? Like it's we we just have one word for it, which is which is a little bit a little bit of a bummer because there are different flavors of love. Like and, and we get a little bit limited if I was just like, hey, I love you. Like it, you can be a little taken back by it if it's if it's not the same, you know, if, if people aren't on a similar wavelength, but it is like there really are different forms of love and, and it's all this this wonderful emotional this emotional state that just feels so so nourishing and, and, and so right. And I I another a couple of things come to mind. One one is just if anyone knows that they struggle with self-love, there's this great book by Kamal Ravikant, something about self-love, where you just basically say, I love myself, I love myself, mm-hmm. I love myself, I love myself in the mirror to himself mm-hmm. just every day for like five minutes or something. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I tried it for a little while and it it does have some effect. Like it it works. And and the other um, idea that came to mind was was this quote. It, it I know there are a lot of people who are struggling to find a relationship. I know I was for a long time and I came across this, this idea that was, you can only love another to the extent that you love yourself. And this is still a a practice that I, that I maintain to this day as I'm trying to amplify the amount of love that I have for myself and for everyone in the world. And for just my task as a human on this planet, I think in a very real foundational way is, is to cultivate that, that fire of love and, there's a very real connection between the love that you have for yourself and, and the people around you are sort of attracted to that and the things that you create become more imbued with that energy force. And, and I completely agree with you. It's, it's such a powerful practice and something that is a little bit goofy to talk about, you know, in like social settings, but on a podcast, we can jam on this all day because this is the, these are the kind of conversations that aren't really happening in person too much, but they're really powerful ideas. And I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah, man. And like, I, in your in your relationship, have you have there been points um, in your partnership where, like your love for yourself, um, or the lack thereof, um, if there have been points where, like you know, you've gone through like a, a, a dark patch or something, um, where you kind of forget the, these self love practices and you're getting down on yourself, like have there been those points in your relationship, and have you noticed that? And if so, have you noticed it like negatively impact your relationship? Yes, absolutely. They are, they are linked. They may not be like, it's not something that I know right away. Like if I dip in my state, like it's not, it's not always, I don't always get immediate feedback, mm-hmm. but looking back at the moments where I was lagging in, in my own sort of self love and, and my own ability to cultivate that, that it definitely did lead to more of a disconnection mm-hmm. between my 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 girlfriend and and really anyone else my life and my work like everything it's the foundation and and that's such an important concept like the pound the concept of a foundation is really important like it, it's kind of neglected in society where people are looking for like the hacks and the tips and the tricks and the five shortcuts to yada 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 it's like no hold up like the foundation is everything you, you master the foundation then you build on that it's going to take a little longer but you'll be much more sturdy five years down the line than if you keep hacking at the branches and if you focus on the roots. So yeah. Have, have you, have you noticed the, the same in, in your relationship? Oh yeah. One, 100%. Like the, just the palpability of those moments where like, I am so deep in my ego and just like wallowing 
or just wading through the muck of the issues and problems that I'm creating in my own life. And just like, you're not good enough if you're, you know, you know, whatever the story is, right. When I'm just deep in that, yeah, it's almost, it's self-sabotaging in a way uh, because you're not able to, sh- you show up in your relationship or I, sh- I showed up in my relationship and still do when those periods happen um, in ways that reflect that love that you have for yourself. And if you can't, you know, find that, that love that you have for yourself, like you said, like the love that you can show another human being is predicated by the love that you, you know, can feel for yourself. And it's, it's almost like if you're not, if you don't love yourself, you're like very, you're can almost be looked at as like narcissism on the opposite end of the narcissist scale. Right. Like just getting so caught up in your head, like this is why I'm not good enough. This is why I'm not worthy of love. Like and you're just so wrapped up in your own shit that you like just forget like all of this, you know, beauty that exists outside of you that is just waiting to be like appreciated, which is like, you know, the love that you can find in a relationship and, you know, everything that is going on external of the issues and illusory problems that your mind will create for you if you let yourself get wrapped up in them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's truly powerful. And, and as you're getting a grip on this part of yourself, this part of life, this aspect of reality, what, what are you seeing yourself doing with it? What do you see yourself creating in the coming seasons of your life with this mm. newfound superpower? Mm. Well, I definitely sharing sharing it, right? Like, and I think something that comes along with like loving yourself is like knowing your, knowing your inherent worth and not needing validation uh, from anybody or not caring about what judgments other people might have. And there comes this like deep trust that you have in yourself and your path um, and, and what you know you need to do and want to do. And you know, something that, you know, has been coming up for me over the last few years is just like sharing and helping other people to see what's possible, right? Like outside of the, the mind games that people are playing with themselves, like there's an infinite like world of creative potential that you have access to at any given moment if you'll just put down the stories and the limiting beliefs that you're, you're telling yourself. So, you know, I'm coaching right now and building out a, like a group coaching program as well, um, that I'll be running multiple times a year, once a quarter. So that's really exciting to me just because I've, you know, I've been, you know, a support coach, um, for, um, programs in the past where, you know, you'll have 30 people in this container and you meet multiple times a week, obviously the consistency and repetition is so, so important for, you know, overcoming and reprogramming all of the things that, you know, we've repeatedly been told our entire lives is possible for us. And there's just something really powerful about um, group settings, right? Like bringing people together with a similar intention and getting that energy in one place is, is very, very, very powerful. So I mean, dude, there's so much that I want to do. Um, but that's just that's just one thing I'm working on right now amongst some other 
um, creative um, endeavors. You know, as you know, started podcasts recently uh, with my brother CJ. Um, and anybody who's listening to this who hasn't listened to the episode that we released with Case, it's epic. You need to listen to it. Maybe link it in the show notes. But yeah, man, just you know, not limiting myself. Right, like every day starting with the intention of not being limited and not letting my ego, you know, get get a hold on me and say, no, this is what is, this is who you are and have to be, you know, and, you know, rooting in, in, you know, what's real, what's true. And that's that, you know, if I, if I want it, I can be this limitless being like with truly unlimited potential if i should choose to to accept that as as truth and create from that place of empowerment and hopefully that same energy that empowered energy flows into entrepreneurial endeavors creative projects um and can help other people you know i mean as i'm sure you're experiencing like with you know starting the podcast it's just like it's very liberating in a way to create something and be consistent with it and just enjoy the process of, you know, growing through it, networking, meeting people and just sharing ideas and not, you know, obviously for me, at least in a lot of creative projects, judgment comes up quite a bit. And I, I observe myself judging myself and that's a beautiful thing to work through and, and accept that like, yeah, there's judgment of myself present, but that is not going to stop me from moving forward on the things that I am excited about. So hopefully, you know, the creative projects that I'm, that I'm working on will touch people and show people that what I'm doing, they are capable of doing as well. Like there's nothing separating, you know, who I am from who somebody else is. Like what's possible for me is possible for everybody, right? Like I'm no different than you. You're no different than me, like at our core. Like on the surface, yeah. Like we look very different. Our lives have been very, our life experiences have been very different. But like at the core, at the foundation of things, the truth of what's possible for us is is the same. And I think in, you know, creative endeavors and just, just creation in general, it's very healing for me and for you. And, you know, seeing other people create things, um, very healing for the whole i agree 110 percent. the act of creation really is a manifestation of that self-love practice love practice meditation practice all really touching on a, on a similar note of reality where we come from what we're here to do and i'm personally really excited to see where your creative journey takes you i know so far it's been awesome and it will continue to only ramp up. You're only getting started and the momentum is building and absolutely the limitless potential that you're sharing is infectious. I highly recommend that anybody who's listening seeks out Brian's information. Everything will be linked below. He's sharing powerful, empowering ideas, strategies, stories, tips and tricks. So absolutely head over to his pages and tune in to this message because it's a powerful one and I appreciate you sharing it with me here today. And man, that was awesome. I love you, man. Thank you.
was, yeah, it was an amazing conversation, man. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me on. And I, yeah, can't, can't wait to do it again. Um, and the, the just, I, I just want to speak really quick on the fact that like, we've never met each other in person. We've had a few, few calls, like video chatted each other and just like, I, <laughs> your energy is infectious, man. I love what you're doing in the world. And just like, I, I don't even have to think about it twice, bro. Like I love you. So I want to say that. And the fact that that's possible just like through technology is pretty bitching. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you. I love you as well. And uh, that's, I think that's a great, a great place to, to wrap a bow on this conversation about love. We're, we're living it, living the truth, sharing the love and, and love anyone who's listened to this as well. It's just, you know, this is such a powerful, <laughs> powerful thing. <laughs>